Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Cinema at Home, Now TV slash Sky Cinema, episode two. Today we'll be looking at Mr. Jones. I'm Ranjit Nana and of course I'm joined by the wonders of the internet with Herbie Hilston, David Long and Craig Fields. Herbie, how are you? Yes, I'm not too bad, Ranjit. Thank you very much for asking. Um, what I was thinking about though was how you didn't know the price of a cinema ticket in our last episode <laughs> and I, w- I will judge you and not tell anyone of course that i also work in a cinema so i should know just as well as you which is quite yeah. embarrassing <laughs> i haven't had to pay for a cinema ticket in six years so that's my defense i mean i'm coming up for six years as well without having to pay for a cinema ticket <laughs> no actually no my, my friend wanted to watch battle of the five army armies um on opening night so we had to pay for that and Oh, sorry, but what a waste of money! Poor child. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. I can't help but laugh um, at uh, what happened to me today. Regular listeners will know that I work very, very close to home. I can literally get out of bed, hop in the shower, and walk to work within five minutes. Today, I walked home and got absolutely drenched with the world's heaviest and shortest rain shower. I swear, this cloud followed me home. But apart from that, uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, looking forward to, to this episode. We've got a really interesting film to review. Uh, Mr. Fields, my dear friend, how are you doing? Well, it's funny that you should mention uh, being rained on because the exact same shower, I think, fell upon my head as well. <laughs> I got absolutely soaked walking to my car to uh, do one of my uh, sessions that I do for work. Um, I won't divulge too much of it because I can't. Um, but um, it, it, yeah, I did. Get yeah, it was it was soaked. biblical, wasn't it? I was, was expecting I was expecting Noah's Ark to you know <laughs> sail by. Yeah, with Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, oh, that's an interesting. Yeah, a bit of a film plug there. <laughs> well done, well done, Craig. <laughs> right, let's get started. Mr. Jones stars James Norton as Welsh journalist Gareth Jones, who risks his life to expose the truth about the devastating famine in the Soviet Union in the early 1930s. This film premiered at the 2019 Berlin International Film Festival last year and secured its UK release earlier this year. Let's listen to a clip. Mr. Club? Yeah? Telephone, please. Okay, sorry. It's possible. Hello? This is Gareth Jones in London. Listen, I'm on my way to Moscow. Garrett, I've been trying to reach you. So we're coming here. Paul, I need your help again, this time arranging an interview with Stalin. Please tell me you know a way. Go see Walter Durante at the New York Times. He has influence. I'm persona non grata at the moment. Listen, I really need to talk to you. I found something big. It can break the story wide open. It's worse than we thought before. Paul? Paul? Adio. 
Uh, не работает. So, um, that was a great clip that you chose in Craig. It really does set up the film quite well. Um, like I said, James Norton is playing Mr. Jones um, in this film. Also, the film also stars Vanessa Kirby and Peter Sarsgaard. Um, and this film, this film is is incredible. Um, I'm so glad I've seen it now because I love it when you watch a, a historical film that makes you research into the events, into the real world events that the film is based on. Because I had no idea about this, what had happened uh, in this time, um, and it was it's it was devastating uh, what the Soviet Union, Union had done to Ukraine and made this uh, uh, this man-made fa uh, famine and had the devastating impacts it had on the Ukrainian people. So, yeah, like I said, I love the fact that this film shines a light on that uh, incident. Um, and, yeah, and the film itself is, is beautifully shot. Uh, I love the cinematography in this film. There are sequences in this film where it transitions between black and white um, uh, footage yeah. um, and it's just like um, uh, it's almost Schindler's List in a way there are some objects in the frame that are coloured but everything else is not um, just to sort of display and convey the importance of that object in the in the narrative um, it's, it's a very slow film it's a film that requires all your attention um, put away your phones and all your devices just go along with it um, because the payoff is worth it it's because it is very important. It, it is, mm. yeah. It, like I said, I love the fact that it made me research into the real life events that happened around this time. Um, James Norton is brilliant as Mr. Jones in this film. Um, Vanessa Kirby is also brilliant in this film. Uh, my only um, negative points, I would say, is that maybe the pace uh, sort of hinders the film a little bit maybe i don't know i think maybe it can lose some people just like because it is quite slow at some points yeah. especially during the middle um and it can lose your focus a bit um because there's, there's like a long stretch where there's just there hardly is any dialogue as well it's just very quiet you just you know you're just sort of uh, surrounded by this, this horrible atmosphere of what's happening in in the ukraine um, and another negative I just wanted to mention is um, I think Herbie, you mentioned to us that there was sort of there may be two versions of this film. There may be a longer version, which was actually the theatrical cut or the international cut, maybe. Um, and in the version I saw on Now TV or sorry on Sky Cinema, um, it feels like there is something missing, um, especially with the relationship between uh, Mr. Jones and Vanessa Kirby's character. It's sort of their sort of relationship just sort of uh, develops out of nowhere. Um, it feels a bit forced. Um, there's they meet up one day and the next day they, they you know it's almost as if they've been a couple for a while and you don't see the progression in it. It, it just comes out of nowhere. It really did throw me off and it really did confuse mm. me a little. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think you know it's a brilliant. Um, it's a brilliant film, uh, exceptional performances by everyone. Um, and it's just, it, it, it's quite harrowing. There are some, it's a true story. So there are some really, really dark and horrible things that happened uh, during this time that this film sheds a light on. And I love the fact that I now know about this um, horrible thing that happened. And, you know, it's interested me to look into it a bit more. Yeah. Um, 
Craig, what did you think of Mr. Jones? Um, I'll start off by simply saying that I was absolutely blown away by this movie. Number one reason for that is because it told a story that was really worth telling. Um, it reminded me of the imitation game in the sense that it was telling a very important story in in history. Uh, it was set around the same sort of time, but it, mostly it reminded me of that because it, it, it tells that important story that has relevance today. And this story has relevance today, like massively. Um, but it tells the story of, as you said, Mr. Jones, um, Geffen Jones, I believe his name was. Uh, he was a journalist, but he was also an advisor to uh, the Prime minister at the time or a previous prime minister uh, David Lloyd George um, and sort of Gareth Jones uncovers this truth as uh, he goes into Moscow but he knows something is really wrong from the beginning and it's it's strange that he he knows from the beginning that these figures just don't add up um, Stalin is doing this this I suppose, a propaganda campaign um, trying to show the Western world that they've got this wealth, this this commun- this idea of communism is working. Um, but the, just, as he said, as I said, the, the, the numbers just don't add up. So when he goes to Moscow, he starts uncovering some really horrible truths and goes into the Ukraine and finds this horrible, vicious genocide going on because simply Stalin is starving the Ukraine. They are, he's taking all of the, the grain and all of the food so that Moscow and Russia is, well, Russia, but the, the Soviet Union is being fed and the wealth is all coming from here and the rest of the world are ignoring it or not listening to the stories that might be coming out from here and it's all being covered up and it's such an important story to to be told and it's told in a really unique way from that point of view of Geffen Jones Geffen Jones yeah um but woven and I won't reveal too much of this but woven throughout the film is a very important author that was is sort of retelling uh, a story a, a very famous story that a lot of you will probably know and may pick up on it straight away I know I did um but it it shows that it, the story was influenced by Gareth Jones's story and I thought it was a brilliant way of revealing that um but Ranji I completely agree with the cinematography I thought it was beautiful I thought transition into the coldness of Ukraine to black and white really was a stark um, and pivotal um, sort of piece of filmmaking that really showed you the true horrors of what was going on and there is some real horrors that go on in those scenes. Um, I completely agree with your criticism of the way that this film felt quite clunky I suppose at times Um, and I think the festival version had about 20 minutes more of extra footage that I think may have made this version uh, work a lot better because there are some moments where things did not connect properly. Things were deliberately cut. And I think that relationship part with, I think her name was Ada, played by Vanessa Kirby, um, those two that that relationship just seems to overnight mm. spontaneously appear and it felt a bit off really from the scene that it jumps between there must have been something in between that made the connection more prominent um but overall i thought this was an outstanding movie i really really did and a very 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 poignant one um herbie i'm interested to hear your thoughts um, yeah, so before I go into my opinion, uh, my personal opinion, 
like you were saying about how it seemed a bit shorter and seemed like it was missing something, I was just doing a little bit of uh, probing, a little bit of investigation. <laughs> and that's a bit a bit of an intense way to describe it. Um, but on the Berlin International Film website, I was just looking up, and for the press release about the film, it said it's 141 minutes long. And I just went on to the Screen Entertainment website, who were the um, distributors in the UK. And on there, it says it's 119 minutes long there, so just under two hours as opposed to nearly two and a half hours. So it looks like... Yep. The, um, the wide release of the film has been cut down by 20 minutes, which, like you say, would explain a lot of those sort of things there being cut out. And I don't think it's necessarily an issue to the plot, having less of a... seeing a bit less of development between the relationship between Mr Jones and Ada, because that's not what the film's trying to say. But at the same time, it does help make it into a more well-rounded film. Any sort of development for that sort of stuff does because it just helps you care a little bit more, helps mm. you just get into it a little bit more into the character, make them realise that they're a real person and not just a caricature on the screen. Um, and I actually disagree with the pacing issues in the middle of the film. I, I, maybe I misunderstood, um, so do correct me if I'm wrong. But I thought the middle part of the film was by far the best where he ends up in Ukraine and he's wandering through the yeah. snowy wilderness, basically. And I think that was, for me, the most effective part of a film. I think some of the politics I wasn't quite up to pace with. A lot of the film probably flew over my head because, I mean, until watching the film, I was completely ignorant to the specific issues that the film talked about. I know there were um, issues with poverty in the Soviet Union, especially in the interwar period, but never to this extent. I knew a lot of people had died, but never the amount that had died as a result of human greed, essentially. Um, and for me, I think that's why, from about an hour to about an hour and a half in, the film really um, was really powerful for me because, like you said, it was almost silent. There was next to no dialogue. Um, any dialogue that there was was subtitled, which really just made you focus on what was happening on screen, the various horrors. It, it was really hard to watch. And that's certainly a compliment for this sort of film because you need to watch it. And for that sort of stuff, it doesn't matter whether it was exactly what um, Gareth Jones experienced there. What matters is that what he saw was very much an experience and a representation that those people would have felt. And it wasn't just in Ukraine as well. Cause I, this, like Ranjit was saying, this is the sort of film that I really enjoy because it makes you look up and makes you research what, the events surrounding it were and it wasn't just ukraine it was all throughout the soviet union and um i was looking up as well that i think it said that for that i mean records are so hard to find now because back then it was it was so hard to record stuff like that the amount of people that died was on a near unprecedented scale and the people that died were i mean theoretically i, I don't know the historic historiographical um discussion regarding this but a lot of people have said it was targeted at the the peasants basically the peasants who owned a small amount of land to get rid of them so the state could then reclaim the land basically um and 40 percent supposedly of ethnic kazakhs died which is just a huge amount that was over two million people um i think ukraine was probably one of the worst hit sort of areas because they were all part of the soviet union of course they weren't their own countries and it, it 
I think the film really makes you realise the impact of that, despite some of the clunkiness of like the human elements early on in the film and some of the issues it has with the pacing around the film. I think it really succeeds in what it's trying to do. And I think for me, that's the most important part of the film. Um, yeah, David, what do you think? Yeah, so I mean, I'm not going to repeat what everyone said in terms of in terms of the pace. I mean, I, I did make a few notes. There's there's no doubt um, that the pace does slow down markedly in the middle of the film, but I agree, like like Herbie, I think that's very very effective. This is a really like dense film. Uh, I think it was Ranjit that said, you know, you've got to put your phone away, you've got to put your tablet away. Don't be. This isn't the kind of film like Eurovision where you can maybe pop out and put the kettle on and keep watching it and maybe send a few texts. You've got to really focus on this film because it is so dense and it is so heavy and there's there's so much character development, there's so much politics, there's so much social commentary that you you've got to really keep engaged with it. Um, so I'm not going to sort of go over too much what's already been said, but I think there's a very nice score. Uh, I don't think anyone's mentioned that. This very tense um, and dramatic score. Um, and also, when when you're in the Ukraine and it goes to this black and white cinematography, it's, it's, it's very, very bleak. And you have these children singing. And it's almost like a horror, really. You, you know, these children singing in their home tongue about the fact that they're starving to death. And it's just very, very striking. And it, and it cuts from those horrific scenes in the Ukraine to people partying in Russia with extensive amounts of vodka and food and scantily clad women. And then we go back to London again, where there's buffets and people are eating and dining. And they've, you know, all all the elaborate wealth of the west versus what appears to be on the, on the uh, on the surface you know this successful communist state that's brilliant at manufacturing is producing tanks and weaponry and is is ready for for war if it comes its way but underneath there's there's a a broken society and there's people starving um i i normally like to go for a food analogy but i haven't got one um <laughs> Other than this is very, very dense. It's, I would suppose this is like, it's almost like a starter that's a main course. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, if you go to a restaurant and you get a starter and, and, and you might go, oh, look how big that is. It's almost like a main course. Well, I, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever experienced that. That's what this film is. You know, you, you read the synopsis and you think you're going to get a starter and then this huge bloody thing turns up. Um, but it's well worth it. Um, really really interesting film the kind of film that if i have the time i'll definitely rewatch it because there's so much in there um and i'd, I'd thoroughly recommend it i hope that made sense because i feel like i waffled a bit there but it was no it did no, yeah. Yeah, for, for me sense. it was um yeah. very much worth the watch last thing i'll say the acting um i thought james norton uh, as gareth jones was superb vanessa kirby peter sarsgaard um really powerful performances um well worth watching for the acting alone. Agreed. And the um, sound of stunned silence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just uh, round up my thoughts then. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start off with the questions. I'm going to say it is worth it. Um, like I said, um, put everything away. Just focus your attention <laughs> onto, this, onto this story and let it unfold in front of you because yeah. it's important it's it's not an easy watch. There are some really, really horrible parts in the middle of the film when he's in the Ukraine. Mm. Um, 
yeah it's it, it, yeah I'm, I'm so glad that i now know about this um this part of history and you know i want to delve into it a bit more um hope you think it was worth it yeah it's definitely worth it um not just for the historical context but also i think as a film it was really competently made it was nice to see james norton in something where he got to act a bit more than i mean i've only seen him in little women and other sort of bit part roles so it was nice to see him have something a bit more to actually do to really sink his teeth into and i think he did really well because it's not an easy role to play because he was essentially he had his own role in it but a lot of the film was just him reacting and and coping with all the atrocities around him and that's not an easy thing to play off well and convincingly and i thought he did a really good job so um definitely a recommendation from me craig I would uh, recommend this 100%. It is so worth the watch um, and I'm so pleased that we got to watch this one and uh, it's one that um, I will recommend multiple times over, 100%. Yeah. And then David? Yeah, 100%. The starter that turned out to be a very large main course. (laughs) There's so much here um, in terms of the politics, in terms of the social commentary, in terms of the, 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 the cinematography, the soundtrack, the acting. It's a really accomplished piece of cinema and it deserves your full attention, as Ranjit said. So if you've got Now TV, if you've got Sky Cinema, check out Mr. Jones. It's 100% worth it. Now let's take a look at two recommendations from the podcast team. Craig, what did you want to recommend? Um, I wanted to recommend uh, The Green Mile. Uh, This is an amazing movie uh, directed by Frank Darabont, who also coincidentally uh, directed The Shawshank Redemption in 1994. Both films uh, were based upon uh, Stephen King novels uh, and both set in a prison uh, place as well um so he returns to this feature um based on that novel in a prison as well uh, and it's in 1935 and uh, there's inmates in the cold mountain correctional facility uh called uh called death row the green mile because of the dark green aluminum that the tiles uh, project on the floor um, and uh, you've got tom hanks in this film you've got uh, michael clark you've got um, a huge array of brilliant um, actors that are portraying a movie that is... I can't even really describe it because it is just full of supernatural, justice-inflamed... eyes. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a, a fantastic film with some great acting. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan as well, who plays John, is out of this world in this film yeah. um bonnie hunt james cromwell michael jetta there's just it's just the list just goes on um and for a film that is three hours long and that's probably going to put people off who haven't seen it it's so like paced so well that you're absorbed in every aspect of what this film is about and what it does it's it's a mystery, it's suspenseful, it's science fiction related, there's fantasy, there's drama. Uh, it's it's just brilliant. And I know a lot of you guys have seen it. Um, I know Sam Rockwell is also in it and I've forgotten to mention him. Just, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, 
Rand, I'll start with you. I mean, would you recommend this? Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is such a classic. Um, it's so heartbreaking. It's so emotional. Um, but yeah, set aside three hours of your day to sit down and watch this because it, it's well worth it. It's well worth the journey. Mm. David? Yeah, the thing I'll say about it, it was nominated uh, for four Oscars, Best Picture, um, Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Michael Clark Duncan, um, best screenplay, best sound. Um, M- Michael Clark Duncan is sensational in this, and you've just got this huge, imposing man on death row, but he's so mellow and mild, and you get to know him. I try not to go too over the top on on the podcast with my film recommendations, but I will happily say that The Green Mile is, for me, it's it has to be in anyone's top 50 films of all time. Um, if you said it was in your top 10, I wouldn't argue with you. I think it's a cinematic masterpiece. It's absolutely heartbreaking. It has some of the most powerful scenes in cinema you will ever see. Um, Tom Hanks is brilliant in it. Um, the whole supporting cast is is great. If you haven't seen The Green Mile, you must, must, must watch it. It is sensational. Herbie, have you seen The Green Mile? Um, sounds like I must, must, must watch it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I can't stress how much you need to watch this film. I really can't. It's just yeah. brilliant. I, I certainly will. It's, it's one of those other ones that you mean to watch. But there's just not enough time in life, is there? But I, I make, make time. time. It for sure. Make time. Make time. Oh, Trust us. Make time. <laughs> right, Herbie, what did you want to recommend? Um, right, so yes, I would like to recommend The Favourite, which came out a couple of years ago. Um, a frail Queen Anne occupies the throne and her close friend, Lady Sarah, governs the country in her stead, while tending to Anne's ill health and mercurial temper. When a new servant, Abigail, arrives, her charm endears her to Sarah. Sarah takes Abigail under her wing and Abigail sees a chance to return to her aristocratic roots. Um, I that doesn't do the film justice at all because it sounds like a traditional clunky um, historical drama and it could not be anything further away from that. It's such a brilliant film in every single way. I went to see this with my mum at the cinema. I wasn't entirely sure what she'd think. Quite often when stuff was happening on screen, I was like, oh, is she going to enjoy that? Is she not? But she came out afterwards thinking the same thing as me. And it was just so fresh and new and interesting and exciting. It really was. It was such, I, I think it's such a special film. It featured such brilliant acting talent. I mean, Olivia Coleman, gay, she's brilliant in absolutely everything I've seen her in. And, and she's one of those actresses who is, no matter what she's in, she gives 100% and is just fantastic to watch on screen. And Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz are two brilliant actors as well and they were excellent as well and it's 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 hard to describe this film in anything other than hyperbolic speech because from start to finish it's fantastic the supporting cast is great as well nicholas holt who we've mentioned um in a previous episode once again is such a talented actor and it's 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 really nice to see him do some stuff that he can really just enjoy because this film is is a delight and it's 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 scary in a lot of ways just seeing like the madness between beneath the skin of queen anne and and it's something where 
the director is it Yorgos Lanthimos? Is that yeah, yes, indeed, yeah. He he wasn't fast with historical accuracy, and I don't think he should be for a film like this. What he wanted to do was tell a story, and the story he told is is just fantastic, and I really would recommend it to anyone. It's a little bit in, it, it's a bit weird, it's a bit wild, but you will not regret watching it, and and even the amount of old people and elderly and OAPs who I thought would come out of the film <laughs> not enjoying it and saying, well, what that, what on earth was that? That was simply ghastly. They were all enjoying <laughs> it as well because they were just along for the ride and it was really enjoyable. So, uh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Everyone's apologising. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, we reviewed this on the main show in week 26, which was a really interesting week because that was the week where I had to put out a public service broadcast because uh, week 26 got lost to the ether and we had to re-record mm. that episode. Um, but that contained the favourite Colette, Welcome to Marwin, Bird Box, Life Itself, Stan and Ollie, and Holmes and Watson. And out of all of those <laughs> films, I know, what a mix. <laughs> and we reviewed all of those on that episode. And the favourite and Colette, I think, were the, probably the two of the best, mm. the best ones on there, for sure. And Stan and Ollie, actually. Um, yeah, brilliant film. But The Favourite, wow, what a film and a really good recommendation. Um, if you want to listen to what David and I really thought about this film, look out for week 26 um, in your podcast feed and on the, on the website where you can go back and have a listen to that because I think I delve into it a bit more. I haven't seen it for a while, so for me to expand on it now might be a bit difficult, but we really do sum it up in that episode for sure. Yeah, I reiterate what Craig said. Go back and listen to that episode what I would say about the favourite is w when it came out, I was, as Herbie said, I was ex expecting this sort of static, clunky, traditional period piece. And it is far from that. Um, and critically, it did really, really well. It got 10 Oscar nominations, uh, including Best Picture, Best uh, Director. Um, there was a, an, a Best Supporting Actress nomination for Emma Stone, a Best Supporting Actress nomination for Rachel Weisz. Uh, it was nominated for cin Cinematography. And the big shock was Olivia Coleman won Best Actress in a Leading Role. Those of you who follow Road to the Oscars, Glenn Close was the very short price odds-on bookmaker's favourite to win the Oscar there, but Olivia Coleman won it, um, and that caused a little bit of controversy. But her performance was brilliant. The cinematography was really striking in this. The, quickly, I'll just say, I remember the use of a fisheye lens in the corner of, of, of a room, mm. and that, that really stuck in my mind. Um, Really great recommendation from Herbie. Fits brilliantly in with the theme of this episode and definitely worth checking out the favourite if you haven't already seen it. Yeah, I'll just quickly add, it's definitely worth checking out. I saw it on Sky Cinema as well a while back, so I missed it in cinema. I sort of knew what I was getting into because I watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is the same director. Yeah. So I knew it was going to be really weird and a bit um, unsettling and I knew that weird dialogue was going to come, come out as well. So expect that sort of uh, film and you and you'll love it and yeah it's great definitely worth it and that brings us to the end of cinema at home now tv slash sky cinema episode two as always we'd love you to get in contact with us and the best ways of doing this are via facebook twitter and instagram or drop us an email at my mail is worth it at is it worth it podcast.com um, we'd love to hear from you feed you know feedback about the new format of the show what you've been watching what you make of our reviews get in touch we'd love to hear from you 
And if you've enjoyed today's show, why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Or if you've enjoyed the content we've been putting out and want to help us to continue to grow, please join us on Patreon. Lockdown has slowed some of the progress we were making, but thanks to our Patreon supporters, we've been able to keep on going. So thank you guys so, so much. Yes, Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Good. Goodbye. Are we going to mess the ending up again? Uh, I love it. Every time. Every time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, cheerio. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll get it right one day.